Last night was the reality of the NBA. And honestly, kind of sucks. That's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I am David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, community insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Here's what we got today. We'll look at last night's game. It's the reality of the NBA, and it kind of sucks. That's the best way I can say it to you. It's not very insightful. We'll look at it. The Jazz weren't very good. We'll kind of dig into why and what some of those things are uh, as well. I thought there were some really bright spots from Keontae George in this game, and I wanted to touch on them, um, those little pieces of the puzzle. The Knicks are really, really good, and we'll get ready for tonight's ballgame against the Knicks, and trade deadline is right around the corner. We'll look at four more teams, Denver, Detroit, Golden State, and Houston, and see what they have and what we might be interested off their rosters or they might be interested off of our rosters to look at. As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen. We are free and available on all podcasting apps. We're also on YouTube. The thumbs up have been much appreciated they've increased and i thank you so much for giving a thumbs up to all our videos it does help the algorithm it does help the show it does help people know it helps you because then other people listen to the show and then when you go to the office or you talk to your friends they're not idiots and then you can actually hold really good nba conversations with people because hopefully this show at least makes you think a little bit and makes you consider things and sometimes might even make you smarter. So please subscribe, follow, do all those things. Hit the bell button on YouTube so you get notified uh, as well. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200, $200 in bonus bets if you best bet, uh, if your best bet of $5 or more. That doesn't read correctly. I read that. Um, visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. I'll give you more details on that in a little bit. Here's the reality. When we play our video games and we look at our NBA teams and we, my, I'm old enough. I started playing strat, status pro basketball. That was, that was my thing that I, that I did as a kid. I played status pro and on the board games or on the video game, that player is always on the top notch. And if their levels an 84, you get an 84 out of them. And if I'm on a video in my old board game status pro, I always got the numbers. The reality of the NBA is that games are determined largely by three things. See, here's how it works. There's probably five or teams or so that are just better than everyone else, right? Boston, Oklahoma City, Minnesota seems to be, Denver probably, maybe Philadelphia, maybe Milwaukee. Maybe there's a few more, but they're better than most teams. There's evidently four or five teams that are just dreadfully terrible this year. And then there's 20 teams, 21, 22, in the middle, that's variance is almost none, right? Like Brooklyn and Utah, who's better? Utah, Houston, who's better? Pretty hard to tell. 
We think we are because that's our team. I'm wearing a logo, right? But that's really hard to tell. There's not a great difference between teams in the NBA. And so the majority of NBA games are determined by three factors. Because we play 82 games and it's long and there's a lot of things. And because everything's pretty equal, the slightest separators matter. So health is one, right? When Joel Embiid doesn't play for Philadelphia and they go to Portland, they lose. When Joel Embiid doesn't play against the Utah Jazz in Philadelphia, we win. When Dame Lillard doesn't play for Milwaukee, helps us out. So health. Three-point shooting variance is nuts, right? 45% of shots now are threes. The difference between being 40% from three and 25% in a given short sample size of 100 possessions has a massive impact on games. It's always like the first thing you should look at. Every box score you ever check, the first thing you should look at is who, this is what I do, for who played. The second thing you look at is three-point shooting variance. And the third thing you look at is what did they do the night before? So I know this sucks. And we weren't good last night. I'll get into that. But there's probably, like, they're all related. But if you look at the Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, who have lost quite a bit recently, came to Utah on a sixth last game of a six-game road trip earlier this year, right? They they had gone on the road. Actually, it was a five-game trip. They played Sacramento, Phoenix, Denver, Golden State, and Utah. And by the time we got them on the second half of that game, we we scored 71 points and we got them. Last night, the Brooklyn Nets have been home since January 22nd. This was their fourth straight home game. Coming off another West Coast trip, they had kind of a brutal stretch there where they actually went to the West Coast twice, like back-to-back. So they've been home since the 21st. Guess what? We've been on the road since the 19th. I know it's no fun because when, like, you want to fire up and you want to kind of believe your guys aren't totally human, you want to believe that your guys are machines. But, like, that's the game last night. Not just that. We weren't good. Don't misunderstand. And sure, the greatest teams maybe can overcome that. The other end of things is if we look at the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics are the better team every single night they take the floor. You put two, they're the best team in the NBA. Best roster, best team. And right now, if you put the Boston Celtics on the floor against another team, they're better than them every night. It's not a team that goes into a game that's better than the Celtics. Clipper fans might quibble, but I don't think so. Okay, well, Boston's lost 24% of their games. It's got to be a reason. Variance of shooting. They've been very healthy and fatigued. Because they're better every night. Right? Like, Milwaukee's probably, they maybe poor coaching, but they, they lose 32% of their games. Minnesota's been great this year. They're a great win last night against Oklahoma. They win 30% of their, lose 30% of their games. They're probably better than most teams most nights. Denver certainly is. They lose 31% because of variance, because of fatigue. So those teams are the great teams. Now when you take the teams that are 50-50 and there's no difference, these are the things that impact games. We weren't good last night.
The fact is, if you look at last night's game, we just kept being within like 11, 12, 13, 14 points. And we kept giving away points. Largely due to fatigue. Who was it? Was Jordan gets stripped at midcourt. Keontae, Im- lazy inbound or soft inbound from Lowry. Keontae doesn't take a step toward the ball, lets somebody come in front of it, lays it up and in. We threw another one away. I I'd counted midway through the first half. I'd counted we'd just given away nine or 11 points out of lack of focus, out of whatever. Call it lack of focus. Lack of focus is mental fatigue. And that was the difference in the game because we kept kind of knocking on the door, getting it from 14 down to nine. We had the, it was the two-play sequence we talked about on postcast where Simone attacks Mikel Bridges, which is a bad decision. He's Mikel Bridges. He's their best defender. The amount of times we attacked Mikel Bridges last night. Bad decisions. Lack of focus. Lack of detail. Not playing the game smart like we usually do. We, like, like there's the phrase I use on the broadcast is you're looking for the pigeon. You go out and you shoot the pigeon. Where's the pigeon? Find the pigeon. The pigeon's the bad defensive player on the floor. Some people call it a bunch of other things in this league. I'll call it the pigeon. Supposedly there was once a team that called it the beard because of James Harden. Right? Funny. So I call it the pigeon. Mikel Bridges isn't a pigeon. He's an all-NBA player. We must have attacked him 20 times last night. What are we doing? Lack of focus. Getting picked in midcourt, lack of focus. Keontae waiting for the ball, lack of focus. Whole night, the closeouts on their three-point shooters were dreadful. Dreadful. Like, there was know-your-personnel moments all night. Half beep, one hand up in the air. Okay, bad. And you get run that way. But the funny thing about this game is, if you actually go back and look at it, we didn't totally get run. And that's my point. If you kind of look at it, Ben Simmons was awesome and changed the game dramatically, and they're going to be really good if Ben Simmons can play. But if you actually look at last night's game and how it plays, we start fine. And, like, up and down, high-tempo game. I was pretty impressed. I even said in the air. Then Ben Simmons comes in. They're ahead 16-14, and Ben Simmons impacts the game immediately, and they jump ahead of us 30-20. to We miss some shots. We have a three-little sequence here there. And next thing, and then they they blast us on a run. Like, oh, like we go to the bench. The bench doesn't do it. And next thing you know, it's 36 to 20. So now you're playing from behind. But we didn't really roll. Like, it was 15. We got it down to 11. It went back to 12. We got it back down to, I think, 9 or 10. Very rarely got inside of 10. Went back up to 15 late, like in the third. I think we got it back down in the third quarter to like 12 when Chris Dunn hit a three with like 440 left. And like, if you think about it at that point, we'd given away 12 points. We'd just given points away that night. So that 12 should be two. If we're just a little more focused to win the game, and that's exactly what that game should have been last night. Right? The line was minus one. That's that's the game. And three-point shooting variance. Right, they go twenty-one of forty-five. We go nine of twenty-seven. Getting twenty-seven threes off is the problem. Only getting twenty-seven threes is a problem. We're not getting enough threes right now. Colin and Jordan are drivers and like to play in that little non-restricted mid-range area. We got to make sure we're still getting our threes. But that shooting variance was also a part of it last night. Health was not. We had health to our advantage. They got healthier. They were missing some guys, but so it's. I'm not making an excuse. Super lack of focus. Rebounds, guys were in the wrong spots. Lack of anticipation. Just 
They weren't good. But the reality of the NBA, which as much as we would love it to be a video game or a board game, board games are things that you play on a table with sports. You could actually do it. Is that you would be able to play the game so that every game was totally even. And, oh, got to shorten the schedule. These, eh. If you're, short, you're still going to have it. It's just the reality. It's what makes the playoffs awesome. So, not very good last night. We've been out of here for a long, long time. I don't know what happens tonight. I, I'm wasted. Like, here's my analogy on this. I'm not as good today. I promise you, this show is not as good as the show that happened a week and a half ago when I was home the whole time. I wish it was. I'm trying as hard as I can. I'm giving you as much as I got. It's not as good. The bags under my eyes are freaking real. I look 60 today. I'm closer than I'd like to be. But, like, the truth is, I've made, in my head, I already know, I've made two or three mistakes today. In the open, I missed something. It's not totally focused. No one's trying to dunk on my ass. It's really different. Like, we're all going to work every day. We'll use our most famous listener, Lacey, who listens to postcast every night. She's, I think, a school teacher. Not every class is as good as she'd like it to be. She tries, but there's days she's tired. Something's going on. Happens. It's the reality. But no one's trying to dunk on us. That's the difference. And they dunked on us a lot last night. And it, we let go of the rope at one point. All right, we're just getting started. I thought Keontae had some really good bright spots, and the Knicks are really good tonight. We'll talk about those two things when we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy. The Murdochs have been in Utah for over 80 years, giving you the no regrets experience. I always just go back to during COVID and the pandemic and the supply chains and whether the Murdochs were going to increase pricing. And I talked to Blake and he's like, you know what? I just don't want to go to the grocery store and I don't want to go to church and I don't want to be in the community. Somebody who like I got an extra three grand from because I could just not how we're going to do it. And we're going to maintain that loyalty for that. That's who the Murdochs are. That's who they've been. And that's Murdoch Chevy. And Chevy is Americana with the Silverado and the Colorado truck with a great SUV lineup now with the Tahoe and the Suburban, you know, well, now the Blazer and the Trailblazer, the Traverse and the Bolt, the electric car that's tearing people are loving. It's all at Murdoch Chevy located in Woods Cross and in Logan. If you're going to stop by, please feel free to email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com so I can get you that VIP meeting over at Murdoch Chevy located Woods Cross and in Logan. Today's show is also brought to you by Quiz! Play now. Win cash. Quiz. So fun. Test your trivia. I'm the worst trivia player. I have zero memory. This would game I would I will I would not be good at. Um, I'm literally supposed to be like coming up with a Utah Jazz trivia, <clears throat> and probably which Utah Jazz player led the NBA in three point attempts and makes in a season. I got no idea if this is true, but it's Daryl Griffith. I think I don't think any other Jazz players ever done that. Um, it is. It's I believe so. So you're gonna have some fun with this because the NBA. Quiz with three eyes is super fun. It's next generation trivia experience. It's all the world's it's the world's first platform where you can earn money playing knowledge games. So, locked on jazz fans, they've created an NBA quiz game where you can test your knowledge and win real cash. Play with friends or other fans and let your knowledge shine 
all the way to the bank. You can play without downloading anything. Just go to app.quiz with three eyes.com and start playing today. NBA quiz, Q-U-I-I-I-Z, is the ultimate challenge for fans that live and breathe basketball. Tell me how you do, because I'm bad at this. App.quiz.com. Test your knowledge. Win cash. Quiz with three eyes, like a three-pointer. Play now. Showcase your skills. Take home cash. App.quiz. Q-U-I-I-I-Z.com. Where fans become champs. I love it. Quiz. Have some fun with it. Thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the game of the day. And thank you to the everydayers who are out there. Tonight's game available on SiriusXM, your hometown broadcast, all available on SiriusXM. So make sure you go search Utah Jazz on SiriusXM to get tonight's broadcast. Uh, also up on Jazz Plus. All right. I thought Keontae did some things last night that were really exciting. Two plays in particular. Left-hand drive which he prefers. Keontae likes Keontae likes to go left more than he likes to go right. It's clear to me watching. I think the numbers back it up. I actually haven't looked them up, but I'm pretty certain that the numbers would back that up. Um, he's very good right now at a left-hand drive. Banks his right shoulder into you, kind of gets to the free throw line, which is impressive, and then banks it off the glass or, or puts it in. Like, it's good. It's a, it's a nice little play. He has not done a lot of isolation so far in his NBA career. The official numbers only have him at 24 isolation attempts. Um, and he's really good going left. He's 1.7 points going left. This is really exciting. This is big-time numbers. I mean, he is in the elite percentile in the 24 possessions. He's gone isolation. It's only 24. But when he goes left right now, he's really good. I think he's four of six shooting. He's drawn fouls. Um, he scores at like some crazy rate, like 71% of the time he is getting a shooting foul 43% of the time. Like it's really good last night. He also went right and drove with the right hand and took the bang off the right side and finished it up and scored it. And the thing that's most impressive about all of his isolation play right now is how much he's drawing fouls. He's getting fouled at about one out of every three ISOs, but he's also taking a jumper about one out of every three ISOs. So he's not going to get fouled on the jumpers. He's going to get fouled when he drives to either side and he's getting fouled, which is great. It means he's, and as he gets stronger and more powerful, this is where he could really be a 20 point a game score. Like, I don't want to get too excited. He's obviously got to get way more efficient, but you start to add up. If you are suddenly going to get, you get one or two buckets a night in transition. So you get one bucket a night in transition. That's, you know, two. Some nights you get another. So let's call it three points. You go get six free throws. You're now at nine. Can you muster up three threes? You're now at 18. You go get two other buckets. You're now at 21 or 22. Like, that's how you become a 20-point-a-game scorer. If Keontae can start getting six of seven, six of eight from the line every night, because he's getting the line seven or eight times because he's got this isolation game that's pretty strong and he can play off this bounce and a little bit of a hesitation and he's got six four, he's got the frame. This kid could really score. That's really exciting about Keontae. And I also see him coming out. It's interesting. Like I had not, I do think we have to be totally honest about our young players. There's a tendency to not be 
honest, I probably have a tendency to be harder on him than you do because I know the truth that young players don't help you win. And I think we really have to be honest with our about who our young players are and what they're doing and all those kind of things, or else we just kind of have a, a, a false narrative on how great they can be, and then it just doesn't work out. Like Keontae's still got a long way to go on on what he can do, but this is what this year's about. Like he's he's never going to be good, in my opinion, in his first year. Like that's just not something that I think's an oper- a likely scenario. For him to be able to pull off that that's just not, you know, like that's too much to ask Um, because no like LeBron and Durant weren't very good in those settings. It's always been my point. Like they're the two of the top 10 greatest offensive players. And I bet you if we go back and look at Steph, he wasn't. But you're looking for these flashes in these moments. And I saw that flash in that moment last night, which I thought was super cool. Um, A little bit more than I have in a little while. He also he had a really nice pick and roll at the top where. He was waiting, waiting, waiting. The pick came. He made the read. They went under. He rose up, took the shot. The first thing, frankly, you want out of him is to take the shots he's supposed to take. Um, And the second thing you're going to worry about him is whether or not he makes the shot. Eventually, I think those shots go in, and they're not always right now, but I think they will over time. And so if he's taking the right shots, that's the most important thing. Like if you look at Houston, Jalen Green, he's not taking the right shots. And that's really disturbing that he's in his third year not taking the right shots. Um, nonetheless, he, Keontae is taking the right shots and I think is doing a really nice job of making, showing the ability that he's going to be able to score in this league. He's probably got to be a little bit better rim finisher. He wasn't a great rim finisher in college, and he he hasn't quite figured out how to muster getting the rim the way you know, Colin just beats his guy and gets to the rim. So I think that would be the next probably piece of this. Um, but it's really, that was exciting. All right, Knicks tonight. Oh, gosh, are they good? I don't think people realize how good the Knicks are. They have the fifth-best differential in the NBA. They have the seventh-best offense and the seventh-best defense. They're one of five teams in the NBA that are top ten in both offense and defense. Boston, Oklahoma City, Clippers, Philly, and the Knicks. They do everything well. They really It's not like they're 27th in anything in the, in the game. They're... They, like of the four factors, shooting, rebounding, turnovers, and free throws, they're above average in like everything. They're the number one rebounding team in the league. So our biggest advantage each night is our ability to rebound, and our offensive glass kept us in the game for a long time last night. We had we had seven, I think, offensive rebounds in on our first 14 misses last night to, to stay in the game. Uh, I don't think we're getting that tonight. They're the number one offensive rebounding team, and I think they're the number one defensive rebounding team in the league. So an interesting thing going on, by the way, offensive rebounding has become all that more important in the league, like everyone's, which means defensive rebounding is more important. It's subtle, but nine of the top 10 teams, excuse me, not yeah, nine of the top 10 teams in defensive rebounding are above 500. Like I always used to do a little thing where if you look at the top, uh, I think I used to look at the top 25, 20%, 30%, and 33% in a category and what's their average win-loss record. Now, this year it's going to be screwy because like you put somebody like Detroit in that group and then you're totally screwed. And Detroit is a good rebounding team. But nine of the top 10, and, and I think what we're going to see is that rebounding has become more important than ever before. There used to be a bunch of stats, turnovers particularly, where like if you were a top turnover team or bottom turnover team, had zero indicator of whether you won or lost. Zero. 
the Warriors were like a huge turnover team in the number two offense in the league. So it really just had to do with what your offense was. So obviously, making shots and the number one indicator. I, I'm going to guess the defensive rebounding has become like the number three indicator in the league on whether you win or lose. For a long time, by the way, it was three-point attempts was like the number two indicator, in the, three indicator in the league. So I, I think something has possibly switched right there. Sounds like a project that David should be doing here in the near future. All right, let's take a look at Denver, Detroit, Golden State, and Houston. Denver, Detroit, Golden State, and Houston as we continue here and on Locked on Jazz and whether or not they have pieces that we want or pieces that we don't want. It's pretty interesting, by the way. If you haven't noticed this about the Jazz, there's like four prominent rumors out there about the Jazz trade. Two of them have us acquiring talent and two as a buyer, and two of us have them selling talent. There's a chance we do both. I think there's a real chance we go on this trade deadline. We make one deal where we're a buyer and another deal where we're a seller. How crazy is that? We'll talk about it with Denver, Detroit, Golden State, and Houston as we continue on Locked on Jazz. Next segment of today's show is going to be brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is convenient, flexible online therapy. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA to get a nice little discount. But let's let's talk about BetterHelp for a second and why therapy. So I love this comment about therapy, and that is that it's a the performance enhancer for your brain and your thoughts. I think that's such a good way to think about it. Um, so, you know, the world's not easy as the cliche. Our brain does tricks on us. I mean, I will admit, like, my number one goal for 2024 personally is can I get better control of my brain? Like, it's just the muscle that I want. Like, I've started meditating before games and doing all these different things to try to just get my focus and my control better, organize, get my thoughts under control, make sure they're not going crazy places all the time, not leading to detrimental energy. Like, that's... So, this is how therapy can benefit one and help them out. If you find yourself in the same rut, you find yourself making the same mistakes, why? What's going on? What's causing this? Well, performance enhancing is the way I look at it. So, it's entirely online at BetterHelp, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time with no additional charge. That might be the coolest thing of this. Celebrate the progress you've made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel, the official sports book of Locked On. It's Super Bowl time! And that means FanDuel's got amazing deals for you. Are you ready for this? Here's the deal. If you are a first-timer. New customers join today. You get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. 200 bucks. If your first bet, five, you can find a bet. You can win, I'm sure. Uh, if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about, you know, having fun with it, grabbing your foot, foot snacks, placing. So maybe jump aboard early and use your $200 in bonus bets for Super Bowl. FanDuel wants so many ways for you to get W or two or three. Who scores a touchdown? What points we scored. It's always fun. On Super Bowl 58, we'll be there. FanDuel will have it for you. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more 
with FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's take a quick check at the lines for tonight as the Utah Jazz will be mustering it up on against the New York Knicks in the Garden. Knicks, I just said, are really good, and the Knicks are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. The one I think is interesting is that Lakers are playing a back end of a back-to-back in Atlanta tonight, having that double overtime game previously. I talked about fatigue. They're a five-point dog to the Hawks tonight. I think fatigue might matter. Um, interesting to keep an eye on that one. Warriors are a three-and-a-half-point favorite against Philadelphia uh, in Golden State. We'll see whether Joel Embiid plays in that one or not. That's all over at FanDuel Sportsbook opening or Super Bowl opening line is the Niners by one and a half over the Chiefs. Uh Jazz and the Knicks tonight. Uh chance for you to get involved if you want it. All over at FanDuel. Sorry, just got a text from my son who's having post-op problems. How am I dealing with this right now? Uh, We're live. We're doing a show. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, The text went to my wife as well. She's the one who will deal with it. Um, Let me, sorry, apologize. Let me just send a quick text. Um, Um, focus, see brain focus. That's what I just talked about. The better help, but that one, I think I get a pass on fudge. All right. Um, where were we? We were going to look at Denver, Detroit, Golden State and Houston. So Denver's another one of these teams. We've talked, I think we've talked about Denver a lot. They have five, they have four primary players. They're not moving five primary players. They're starting left. They're not moving. They have Reggie Jackson, at five million, and then for them to make a deal for a player, they like just have to throw in the kit and the caboodle of players because they don't have guys that have big enough salaries. And so I, I just don't know what they're going to be able to do. They have a two million dollar trade exception. They have a one million dollar trade exception. They're just not enough to get it done. They're frankly into the luxury tax right now. I think um, they have a twenty-two million dollar luxury tax bill. I'm sure they'd love to get off some of these players. Like, I'm sure if the Jazz would like to take Zeke Naji, they could take Zeke Naji. He's not playing for them. He's on their bench, and he costs them $4 million a year, which costs them extra, probably eight, close to $8 million for luxury tax. So, like, if you wanted a player like Zeke Naji, who I think has about $32 million left on his deal, and you thought he could be a good player, that he is available. Um, I, you know, they are literally hamstrung so we can fly by Detroit but that is actually a place where you could go get a player um, if you want to because of the fact that they um, need to get off the tax Detroit's interesting so Detroit obviously in a world of hurt Alec Burks is a 10 million dollar player who's available to help someone on the push Boyan Bogdanovich is a 20 million dollar player with another year remaining um, who's available uh, certainly if you're trying to make a push um Joe Harris has been injured and really hasn't played yet. He has 19 million left. Monty Morris is their backup point guard. He's at 9 million. I'm sure he's available. He's an unrestricted free agent. If somebody looking for, there are a bunch of teams. I I would suspect that somebody goes and makes a Monty Morris play. He has not played much though. Um, Have not looked to see if he's back and healthy. I thought he played the other night for Detroit who had a nice win. 
um, against Oklahoma City. Yes, he played 13 minutes. Um, so Detroit, I mean, like you can go pick apart this roster, and there's going to be people that go grab people here to try to help them win. Um, obviously, the player that I think all of us would love to see is, are they willing to get off Jaden Ivey because he just doesn't fit in their roster, and how, what would it cost to go get Jaden Ivey, who's only at $7 million, then what do you tack in to bring in another player? But Jaden Ivey's the target. But Jaden Ivey's really good, and I just would be stunned if Detroit's moving off Jaden Ivey. Um, but Jaden Ivey is the type of player who, you know, the other night he had 19.8 rebounds and six assists and a win against Oklahoma City. I can't see them tra- moving off him. They do have Cade Cunningham. It is not clear that those two fit together. They have a Sewer Thompson. It's not clear that all three of them fit together. It's they have. It's a little weird, but I, you know, I'm not sure that that's a guy they're willing to move. Um, but you also could try. This is where if you really love him and you're the Utah Jazz and you believe that Jaden Ivey is like that guy. And he's that good. That's where you suddenly go into your gaggle of picks and make a deal that they can't refuse. Here's the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins is the most talked about guy. He's got four years and $109 million on his deal. 28 next year, 28 the year after, and 30 as a player option the third year. He has not been good this year. He has not been engaged. He's been dealing with off-court issues. It's... An interesting play. He's 28 years old. He's a nice complimentary player. He's good. He's probably going to somewhat go the route of Harrison Barnes at this point of his career, who's really good. $28 million is not a bad contract in this league anymore. The Warriors are deep into the tax and in 11th place in the Western Conference and probably would love to get out of that. Right? Like, they have two minor trade exceptions, but their tax bill... Their tax bill is like $180 million right now. So I don't know if anyone has enough money to take Wiggins into space. You need $24 million. But you could take some of Wiggins into space and try to do some things like that. Draymond's at 20. I don't know what they're doing with Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody. Moody's been injured again. They're both 21. It'd be weird if they got off those guys because they need a future. But Kaminga's obviously been difficult for them. Recently, they both have are extension eligible next year with seven and five million left on the board. And again, if that's a player that you see and you believe in, um, obviously they're going to try to get off 30 million to Chris Paul and probably be willing to give up some picks to do that. Because getting off 30 million to Chris Paul if they can figure out how to do it without bringing back money, just saves them a tremendous amount of money. But they're really hamstrung under the new rules, which are not all in play yet, by the way, of what they're able to do. But Wiggins is an interesting one. If you believe Wiggins, he's not quite on our timeline. He's about three years older than most of our guys. Um, But it's an interesting, interesting name there. Houston has kind of committed to Van Vliet at 40 million. I think they're, you know, he's got two year, one year left in its club option the next year. It's an interesting deal. And Dylan Brooks in the 20s with a declining contract. Those were two really creative contracts by Houston in the offseason. Much better, like, when you look at it than possible. Jalen Green's the one that rumors are he's available. Just that they're not convinced he's extension eligible in the offseason. They're not convinced they're going to want to do it. Then they get into a funny game with him that he might be available. Do you believe in Jalen Green? $10 million. You probably have to give up a decent amount for him. But the word on is that he's that he's out there. 
I mean, they have to make some decisions, right? The Alperin, Alperin Shingun is certainly a major piece of them. Jabari Smith is a major piece they're play, paying. So they have to get make sure they don't suddenly pay Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, and Alperin Shingun. And then all of a sudden, like, in both, and all of them are extension eligible this offseason. Different stages, but all of them are extension eligible. Shingun is going to get paid. He's great. He had another big night last night if I'm in the lake in the win over Houston. 31, 12, and 7. Jalen Green, by the way, clicked in last night with 34, 12, and 7. So um hard to like just like that's real. Torched Austin Reeves. All right, those are the clubs we're look the teams we looked at today. That is locked on jazz. And Sorry, apologize for being real. Hey, like, I don't actually think I need to apologize to you. I think we're all connected enough that we all understand we all have real lives. You record a show live, things happen. So I hope I followed through on my end, but maybe that's the whole point of the show. Like, that's the reality of the NBA. That's the reality of broadcasting. That's reality. I hope I I carried through there at the end for you. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thank you. We'll now send you the first ever 24-7 Locked On Sports Today stream.